Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on Solitaire Board Games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 309. Get out! Get out, you human dogs! Hello, Julius. Hello, Albert. How are you doing today? Doing all right. Doing all right. I see uh, you're not a humanist at all. Um, I suppose <laughs> not. At the very least, when they're trying to steal all my stuff, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Pesky. Really, Isn't that just the way, the way it works? It is, pretty much. Everything's great until they try and take your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Don't steal my stuff, man. That's right. It's mine. Um, <laughs> Nobody likes it yeah, when so you it, steal people's stuff. I don't. So, yeah, it's a, it's a rainy day here, listeners, so my dog is in this room, so it's going to be making noises potentially. Sorry. That's how it goes. We'll deal with um, it. Yeah. And I have Today, children who though, just make noise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's too They're no. They're, they're good. Today, though, we're talking about a game about, uh, yeah, fighting off the pesky humans, right? This is... What is it called? Banish yes, keeping, the heroes? keeping the humans out of your room. Yeah. <laughs> it is called Keep the Heroes Out. Keep the Heroes... Okay, not Banish. Keep them out. Keep the Heroes Out. There we go. And this is yes. a pretty new game. I'm not familiar with it. Um, This is a cooperative, fully solo game where you oh, okay. are using some light deck building and action selection from that deck building to be able to you know, run around, build up resources and, you know, as the monsters beat up the heroes so that they don't steal your stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Reminds me of games like, I think, what is it? Dungeon Pets? Something like that. There's an older game. Well, in Dungeon Pets, you are, yeah. And there's been various games where you are the bad guys. Uh, another one I've just recently been talking about is Overboss. So... I mean, there's there's a number of them floating around. Okay. Cool. I have, I've only played one of them once years and years ago, probably like 12 years ago. I don't remember it very well. So it's exciting because I've always had a neat idea. Um, my, my son likes reading a fanfic, and one of the things he reads sometimes is Dungeon Core, in which it's a story about the dungeon as the first person, as a, as a mm. main character. So I think this so, Yeah, that. this is kind of like that. In that, in this game, you are actually controlling the dungeon denizens and the dungeon monsters. Okay. Okay. Well, then let's get into it. Tell me, well, you've kind of been telling me about it. You told me about the the summary here, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty much the basic overview. Let's talk about some <laughs> of these components. Components. Yeah, there's a lot of them, and they look pretty fancy, from what I can tell, looking at the rulebook. Well, let's talk about the components for a second now i did get this game on kickstarter and i have the expansion the guild masters expansion so i'm going to be referencing both the components from the original and also from the guild masters expansion in the original all of the characters that you control so there's nine different uh factions clans that you control, and all of them have these chunky, cute meeples. Um, they're very big meeples that represent where your people are. So whether you're a dragon or a skeleton or a slime, whatever it is, 
there's these chunky meeples that are associated with them. And there's, you know, something like there's only one dragon, but there's nine little ratkin lying around. So you can have a whole bunch of meeples or just one big giant meeple, depending upon how it is. And these are cute. <laughs> they're cute. They're big. They're chunky. And they have a nice table presence on it. The dungeon consists of various tiles, large squares. Um, there's 12 of these tiles, and there's a scenario book that depicts how it is that you're supposed to lay out the dungeon. You'll pick one of 16 scenarios, lay out the dungeon the right way, which doesn't take that long, um, in my opinion, as compared to, you know, like Kingdom Rush, which feels like it takes a lot longer to set those up. <laughs> this one feels like it takes less time. I think it's probably because, for the most part, the dungeons are all square, and it's really easy to tell which is which. But mm-hmm. And there aren't too many, yeah. And there are too many. There's 12 of them. You do have to, as part of setup, you also randomize some treasure tokens. And there's a one, two, a three treasure token. Then there's one four, which is the final goal, which if they capture the level four treasure, then they've completely obliterated your dungeon. You're lost. Um, There's also some portal tokens that will go out to show where you have the ability to cast a spell and make a portal to be able to teleport from room to room. And those all get seated out on the on the board when you're doing setup. Each clan okay. also has a starting deck of 10 cards. And continuing on with the theme of it being really cute, these are 10 cards that all are very cute depictions of the different type of actions they have. So like the slimes will have some of them where they're being cut in half and thus replicating. And the dragon is ones where he's <laughs> burning down the enemies and turning them into, you know, roast meat in order to be able to heal himself up and also deal with the bad guys. So each of the clans have their own basic set of tactic cards. And then there's a big deck of tactic cards that you'll be able to draft from, that you'll be able to, excuse me, not draft from, that you'll be able to buy and add to your decks so that you'll gain access to different types of cards and different types of things. Different rooms give you different resources. There's four five basic resources there's frogs coins bones and books and you'll go to rooms frogs yep frogs (laughs) of course why is frog a resource that's how you make a magic potion is by boiling a frog (laughs) okay it is what it is and you toss a bone to be able to get a magic pet (laughs) so it is what Uh, it is okay yeah yeah because dungeon monsters are going to love bones they're going to come looking for that bone you throw that makes yep. sense. So you <laughs> have to get grab those resources. Those resources are these small little tokens. Um, they're custom cuts. They're relatively small. They're not meeples. There's nothing particularly cool about that. Um, but you'll place those on the board, keep an eye on them, and find them and move them around the board. They are tokens that are left on the board, so they are shared resources, and even the bad guys will interact with them. There are also trap tokens that you can put out, uh, and these are tokens that will, will trap the heroes. I was about to say the bad guys, but they'll trap the heroes when the heroes come in and immediately deal with them when they come in. So it's kind of like a resource. Acts similar to resources, also just a token. The last type of token that there is is going to be the wound tokens, some of the characters and sometimes some of the scenarios give extra health for things like the dragon. For example, he's the most 
meaty character, he can take a bunch of hearts before he dies. And you use the wound tokens to track when he gets damaged. But many of the characters just take a hit and die. Like the slimes, when they take a hit, they're just gone. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier to track them. Last type of token, and this is the one that gets upgraded. In the main version of the game, there are hero tokens. These are small circular tokens, which depict one of four different types of heroes, whether it's rogue, warrior, archer, or mage. Every turn after you take all of your stuff, you'll flip over the guild cards, which is the guild of heroes. So there's either going to be hero cards or scenario cards. You'll flip one over and it'll depict that two of a certain type of hero are coming out in a certain room. You'll then put one of those tokens on the right room and they'll do stuff. I'll get into what stuff they do when we get to gameplay, but they'll do stuff. Then it's your job to go kill them um, by going and dealing damage to that token. In the basic version of the game, those are just tokens. In the Guildmaster version of the game, uh, those tokens are upgraded to additional larger meeples, similar to the meeples that the that the heroes that the um, the monster clans use. So you'll Plus be able to the use the good guys. Yeah, the good guys. It, it feels very much like one is good and one is bad, but it's a swap to it, and I'm going to continue to mess that up. Um, but that. <laughs> puts parity between the two so that all of the people, all of the beings on the board are all these larger cute t- cute meeple tokens instead of being Does tokens. that cause uh, issues with space? I don't think so. The board, the spots on it are pretty large. You tend okay. to want to clear things away, but I've never really had an issue with space. There's plenty of space on it. <laughs> Okay. More of an issue is sometimes you forget that there's a resource on it, and because those aren't represented by meeple, that can happen. But that's even that doesn't happen that often. Okay. Okay. Um, you said, and there's 12 dungeon tiles. Is the map always using all 12, or does it does it, not? The amount vary by scenario. Okay. The amount How many are you using scenario? generally? 10. 10 ish? Okay. So most of them. And I think it's. Well, actually, I'm trying I think it's 12. It says there's 12 in the box. Okay. On the rulebook, yeah. In the, on the rulebook, it says 12. Yeah, I think mm, because okay. there's two that there's two that are more advanced than the other ones, and so the scenarios often don't use those ones. Um, gotcha. But okay. with those exceptions, like, as the scenarios get more more complex, they bring those in also. Does the ex- the Guildmaster's expansion have more rooms? It does not. The Guildmaster expansion really is just for those larger, uh, here lo- larger hero components. It does give okay. you the ability to play the game as the Guildmaster, where one player is controlling the heroes, and they're going one v one or one v all against the monsters. I have never ah, okay. played that way. I don't know that I intend on playing that way. There's not a solo Mm -hmm. way of playing that way. The only time I would do this if I were just wanting to verse off against my kids, but really I'd rather just work together with them. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I've got, I've had plenty of games that brought in a a competitive expansion that just never got used. Yeah. And this is exactly what that one is for me, but I didn't get it for the competitive expansion. I got it to upgrade those tokens. And I have no objection to that because I think it looks a lot cooler with that. I think it's a perfectly mm-hmm. good thing to do. The majority of the box is dedicated to that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know. It's we're talking about the art style here. I don't know what it what to call it. It's cartoony, and it is like you said, it's very cute. It almost looks like anime, but not really. I I don't know what else to compare. I think it's just supposed I've to seen be it. Cute I've seen the style cartoon. before. Hmm? I think it's yeah, just supposed to be seen, cute cartoon. I guess I've seen other things like this, like the skeletons. They they look familiar. Like I've seen them somewhere else. And like Cartoon Network type thing. Really? Okay. What do I know? I don't watch Cartoon Network. <laughs> yeah. So it it is all very cute. The slime little little slimes are super cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Rattlings are my least favorite. There is one more component that I forgot to mention, which does have issues. There are difficulty level tiles, which unfortunately had a misprint. The idea is that you you put the guild deck there to show, because the way you win is by getting through the entire guild deck twice. And so you put it there to show how many cards you're supposed to be drawing, as well as show how many times you've gone through the deck. Um, mm-hmm. So they had a slight misprint with putting tiles not on the back of other ones. I mean, I'm not sure that having it be the same tile is better or worse or not or different. Apparently in the expansion, they're not even going to use that sort of difficulty level tile anymore. So heavens knows at this point. (laughs) Okay. But the the misprint doesn't actually affect the gameplay, does it? It's not like the numbers are wrong or something. Okay. Okay. Nah, it's just that one's not on the back of the other. Like, there's not parity. There's three different difficulty levels, and there's not parity for how they're printed. But I okay. see. Yeah. Okay. Not terribly inconvenient. There's only three of them. Gotcha. Okay. So that's the components. There's a fair bit of components. They sound nice. They sound like they're really good quality. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. I am not excited for this game. Um, theme. Okay. The theme. From my point of view, it looks like the theme is there. It's great. Um, Absolutely. The slime, like you said, you could divide it because it's slime and that works. And the components are very thematic looking and high quality. And, and so, yeah, so the theme seems like it's going to come through. Yeah. It seems like you're playing a tower defense game where you are defending against the the, the heroes that are coming into it. It's It's... A reverse of that portrayal. We've seen that kind of thing elsewhere, and they do it well. The different factions are all thematic for what they do. Um, There's three different types of factions. There's ones that are designed to defeat heroes. There's ones that are used to basically defend against heroes and have a bunch of people. And there's ones that are used to support the other ones and and move stuff around and help, help create stuff. Um, the helpers can be hard unless you love them up to play solo, but all of them match their faction type. All of them match what is that's going on thematic for the scenarios. There's a brief little blurb of a story for each different scenario about what's going on. Like one time there's necromancy summoning skeletons. So you can't play as the skeletons. The skeletons are heroes this time. There's other times where there's the King of the Frogs is out. So frogs are bad this time. So all of them have a brief little story that goes on with them. All of them that makes sense. All of them add some little variety to it. And all of them are quite heavily thematic. It's all very good. Okay. Sounds sounds good. I like I'm I'm really excited by this game. It sounds it sounds very interesting so far. Mm-hmm. I keep waiting for the shoe to drop. We'll see. Uh, rules? I don't know why Should you we talk expect about that out of me. I <laughs> I do, don't I? Though, hmm, hmm. 
<laughs> All right, let, let's talk about the rules then. All right, here we go. Um, the rules, for the most part, are pretty good. Playing out your turn is pretty easy. Uh-huh. The rules present that there's a five-phase turn that you have, which mostly just goes into play all the cards you want. Uh, you can choose if you want to refresh the loot. If you you know are, if you don't like stuff that's there at the end of your turn, you can just discard stuff to get rid of stuff. Um, once you've done both of those things, you do clean up and upkeep. You then let the heroes take their turn, and then you move to the next player's turn. All of that flows pretty well. All of the actions that are available out are all pretty clear. There's a summary of... There's a one-page summary that the game provides you with the rules that tells you what basically all of the actions are and what all of them do. There's only a couple ones that are more complicated. Me personally, there's one that is called the laboratory. All the other ones interact with themselves. The way the laboratory works is that you use a clan that's not in the game and shuffle it into the big deck. Um, It's frustrating for me to do that, so I almost never do do that. (laughs) Never never include it. yeah so it's not a thing i use um but it's supposed to be there but everything's very clear all of the icons are perfectly fine all of the icons for the treasure what the bad guys do are perfectly fine the only slight breakdown i have in the rules is the complexity of the hero's turn the rules are very kind in that they have a summary on the back there's two rule books. There's a scenario book and there's a rule book. So the back of the main rule book has a summary of what you do on your turn. And it's nice and clear. It's that quick summary from the other pages. It gives you just about all the information on the back of the player rule book. Um, it similarly gives you a summary and it's a summary of what happens on the bad guy's turn. They needed a flow chart for this. <laughs> mm. Wow. Okay. Um, wow. uh, um, 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 it's a flow chart. The, the game for being a light, cute, family friendly game, all of a sudden it sort of just throws at you a flow chart and it goes like it, it can go in a big circle and in an absolute loop and you just start going wee and running through the loop <laughs> The reason why it does this is because when you summon heroes, the first thing they do whenever they summon is they all do their special power. So archers will do a ranged attack. Warriors destroy stuff in the room. Rogues destroy traps. Wizards can break people out of prison if they're summoned in prison. Um, Then whoever is in the room gets up and is refreshed by the people who are summoned to the room. And then they do a thing. They either attack, each one of them will individually do a thing, or all of them as a group will do a thing. They'll either attack a hero or attack a, a monster, or they'll try and break treasure out of a room. If there's not enough of them to break the treasure, then they'll just lay down and wait for someone else to come join them. 
if there's not either monsters or treasure in the room, they'll keep marching through the dungeon to try and steal a different one. That is all that the flowchart is saying. I've just run through literally the whole flowchart from you. But I swear, it, the amount of times it, yeah. it took me to understand all that. Yeah, are you with me? Um, yeah, I'm looking at the flowchart. There's 21 different nodes in it. That's that's a lot. That's. I mean, and it's and all logical hero circle? behavior. What you know, right? but the flowchart isn't. It's not a great flowchart. The it doesn't have arrows, so I don't necessarily know which direction stuff flows. In a couple of places, there's arrows going up, but I'm not sure how to get to the place you're pointing from. Yeah. So yeah, so it's <laughs> it's. I mean, I I appreciate the idea. It, I think now that I'm looking at it more carefully, I say, okay, I think I know what they're trying to say. It makes sense. Plus, you could reference the rule book. The rule book only has eight steps for the for the hero turn. I'm surprised the flowchart has 21. <laughs> you know, I can't even remember what the steps are for the hero turn in the rule book at this point. Is it simpler when they just write it out? I think so. I mean, it's it's eight steps. It's still two pages, but it's only eight steps. So that I mean, it sure looks simple there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, looks straightforward I enough. I think also dividing up a difference between what a hero does when it's summoned versus what active heroes do would have made the hero turn easier. Like if that would have been divided up into two phases, like a summon phase and a mm -hmm. hero action phase, that would have made things more clear to me and is more how I explained the rules because their ability, they only get when they're summoned. And they also, when they're summoned, they all have an ability that they wake up everyone who's there. And so now when they're woken up, now they can take actions and some actions take group actions. Some take like multiple workers. So like, these are, these are things that are logical to me to talk about in that fashion, in that fashion. But oh man, it's hard to explain it in the rules. Apparently. <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't read the whole rule. So maybe the flowchart's necessary, but the rules look simple enough. The flowchart looks a little more complicated. I mean, yeah, it's funny. it's a simple set but of the rules. Yeah, yeah, and it's and logical. the flowchart is one page. The rules are two, so I mean, it it, it is it is more succinct, I guess. Interesting. Okay, time, well, once it, you get it down, you just run through it. Gotcha. Okay, so that just, it's just helping for the people that are following along. So let's let's move on then to the gameplay, I guess. I mean, the or the rules. Well, no, that was the rules. The gameplay. Unless no, that was the rules. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. Let's talk about the gameplay. Let's talk about the gameplay. Gameplay is sweet, nice, and steady. Um, essentially, I think I've reviewed most of it. On your turn, you'll have a whole hand of cards. Um, what has perhaps thrown me off is that you don't play cards and develop icons. Each time you play a card, and you have to resolve all of the stuff on that card to do it. So let's say you had a card which had two between two cards. You got two melee attacks and two moves. But one has move and melee attack on it, and one has melee, like two copies of it. You can't play those out to be able to attack twice and then move twice. It, it doesn't work like that. You have to play a card, do a move and then attack, or an attack and then move, whichever you want to use the card. But you can't like play it all and build up icons. What you have to do is you play a card, 
do all the stuff that's on in whatever order you like, and then play another card, and then keep going through, then keep doing all of it. The actions are relatively simple. It's move, attack, either ranged or melee, activate, and then there's other stuff like draw a card, make resources, do a trap, make a portal, summon new creatures. Like maybe the most complicated ones are going to be the swarm and the uh, search things. Swarm is if you have a whole bunch of monsters in your room. And I love playing with Ratkins for this. Let's say you have a room of nine guys. <laughs> you can have all of them do one attack. So if you have all your nine guys, you sit there, get all of the heroes all in one space, then move in with your big swarm, play a swarm card that lets all of them attack and all of them do attack and all of them just blow through all of the, mon- nice. all of the heroes. Um, and then reinforce the, the, the peak action, lets you look at the top three cards of your deck um, and then pick one of them that matches the card that you're looking for. So this lets you both search through your deck and find other stuff and also theoretically um, grab some other stuff that you like. For the most part, these cards are cards you play on your turn. The exception is defend cards and cards with defense on it, um, where you can use this to, to lower damage taken by one. So some of the, like the dragons, for example, you often don't want the, your dragon to get getting killed. You only have one of them. That's a lot harder to bring back a dragon than it is just another little rat guy. So you, you play defense to be able to block them. For the most part, all of them are quite clear. The scenarios will sometimes mix things up. Less so by giving you an action you can do. Most of them, I don't even think I've encountered one that gives you a special card or something you can do. But what they do is generally just give you a side extra goal or issue or obstacle that you have to be dealing with. Um, so like one of the times it's that you have to be making sure you're finding or you're finding food for the werewolves or another time it's that the slimes have to go do business. And every time a slime card comes out of the deck, you have to go and you know, make slime or you have to go make a, a royal <laughs> banquet for the queen of the witches. You have to go mix together frogs and whatever it is. Whenever the icon comes up, you have to have the frogs deposited for wherever it is um, and so, wait, so so when you're doing a, a royal blanket banquet banquet for the witches how are you doing that you're just playing a certain number of counters in the space i'm I, i'm trying to remember that specific one i think that one was you had to have a, what every time the food card came up you had to have i think it was a frog and a bone in the room that looked like it had a cauldron in it, like a witch's cauldron. And if you have that in the room, when the card comes up, then they root into a stew and they're happy with you. And if you don't have that, then I I can't remember. I think it's that they deal damage across, but there's like a bunch of things. There's 16 different scenarios in the base game. There's another three that come along in the horde masters. And then there was, some bonus print and play ones. So I, I can't okay. remember all of them without looking up specifically. <laughs> okay. Which is okay. But the, the general idea is each scenario requires you to spend the resources in a different way. As you said earlier. No, sometimes speaking. it's not even spending resources. Sometimes it's just, there's extra bad guys coming at you. Like there's mm, another one, okay. which is necromancers. 
Um, and this is the one I just recently did. So I remember this one much more clearly. Um, <laughs> the the necromancer is trying to kick you out. Uh, and again, it's a it's a hero, I guess. Uh, but the necromancer keeps summoning skeletons to try and come attack you. And it's a different type of hero in that one where one of the former monster factions is now a hero faction uh-huh. and keeps summoning and has a different ability that you have to keep coming and attacking. Wow, okay, so all the scenarios are then very, very different, which is really cool. Yes, they all they play around with different mechanics and different sorts of stuff, yeah. So, like, some of them will also, like, another one, there's a side, I'm trying to remember this one, there's another one that is, like, very warrior-specific, where the warrior was, he had, a, like, a side goal that anyway, there was a third, there was a warrior there was also the warriors were not trying to achieve the same goals. The other one, they were trying to grab all of their equipment. And as they grabbed their equipment, they got more powerful is mm. something along those lines. I'm, let me look that one. You know, I'm not going to bother looking it up. Either yeah, it's a one right. in there or heck it's free fodder for making up your scenario. Yeah. And, and if it's you really are really lines. curious, it, the, the rule books are available and the scenario book is available on BGG. So go find out yourself, listener. Yeah, there we go. And so there's just a <laughs> lot of variety to them. None of them have felt samey or, frankly, similar, other than the base fact that all of them, the majority of them, are just this the heroes coming out. It's the heroes coming out over and over and over again. These throw a little bit of change into it. It's usually you know two to four extra cards that are thrown into a sixteen card deck. I think it's a 24 card deck, however much it is. So it's a couple extra cards that are thrown into a large-ish deck. And the majority of the hero of the hero cards are doing the same thing. Summon a hero, go and kill them. So mm-hmm. it only has a little bit of difference to them, but that little bit of difference is enough to keep it keep it different. While at the same, keeping the true to the similar mechanics and making sure that everything plays as per normal. So that sounds cool. So so the scenarios there isn't a, a basic scenario of the game that you could always like the default one. They're all they're all just different scenarios to play and they each feel different. Which is cool. Because mm-hmm. a lot of games will have like the basic here's the beginner scenario and you never go back to that one. Is are you gonna come across one like that here, do you think? Or no. I don't I mean Nice. No, I'm not even sure that there is. Like the very first scenario I think was even that it had a thing where no, I don't hmm. think so. Yeah, the very first one, I was mentioning that there's this frog banquet. That's the very first one that I'm mentioning the is the one. Yeah, it is. It's it's where you have to okay. go continue to grab frogs and put in the right room for them to make it. That's the one I'm thinking of. Explains why I, haven't okay. I don't remember it so well. But it's the very first one. Yeah. Even that one was different. Okay, so the gameplay sounds almost kind of it's pandemic style in that, you know, every round you're, you're drawing bad stuff happen cards. In oh, it case, certainly is. It has that same flow of pandemic yeah. where you do good stuff, then they do bad stuff. But here, you're not trying to clear the board of the heroes necessarily. You're just trying to survive the deck for, for two cycles. Yes. That's, okay. So it's different that way. There you go, cat. I'm giving my cat treat while my dog is trying to get them. Um, <laughs> it's tricky. And I'm trying to keep the dog from getting them. But once in a while, I will give her one. There you go, dog. Keep her entertained with my hand. Um, 
Okay, so it sounds like a really neat game, Julie. So, yeah, so what's the catch? I mean, I think the biggest <laughs> catch I've got on it, frankly, is the crowdedness of the rooms. The rooms, in terms of art, the rooms are all very well drawn. The only thing that has gotten lost for me is one, sometimes those resources can get lost in there. And I'm aware that at one point in time they did promo like 3D resources. I don't actually like the 3D resources. I kind of mm. want like small, thin meeples, like not as chunky as the main ones, but like a thinner meeple size type thing. Um, but the bigger issue I've had is a couple times is I keep moving through walls because the <laughs> depiction for walls or doors in this case it's an opening between them it's sometimes hard to miss it when there's two rooms that are adjacent you sometimes often forget that that's a wall between them and you can't walk through especially where sometimes one way it's a door and one way it's a wall which means you can't go through it um mm-hmm. i'd love to have sets of tokens to put out on it but it's possible that's similar to those same type of tokens and Gloomhaven, I would be annoyed by having yet another token to have to put out on the board. So mm-hmm. I'm torn. Yep. I'm not certain which way I really want that, but I know that sometimes it's an error I make. Yeah, you know, that, that reminds me of um, Sentinels of the Multiverse where you, you have all these different markers that you could put on the cards to help you keep track of this stuff because otherwise you just forget little things here or there. Um, and they're... Sometimes they're just a pain to use. Go without a just chance yeah. that I may get it wrong. And you know what? That's okay. Okay, that's not that's not that bad. No, and the other, oh, the only other con I have, similar to the same thing with the rooms, when you're summoning heroes, um, the cards show which type of room you summon them to. So it's one of four different rooms. It's the hats, the sword room, the bones room. Or the I, the, I can't remember what the last one is, but it's one of four different rooms. And you then have to go find those rooms on the board. As you play through a scenario multiple times, you're like, oh, I remember where it is now. I've seen this card now six, seven, eight times, however many it is. I keep seeing those room icons. I know which room it is now. And you find it faster and faster and faster. But because each mm-hmm. scenario is set up differently, especially in the beginning, you'll have to take a second to look around all of them and find out where it is. This is not made easier because the different rooms have different orientations. So not all of the spots are on the same side. So sometimes it'll be on the left, on the right, upside down, depending upon whichever <laughs> way the room is oriented. If it would have had door tokens, all of the rooms can be left in the same orientation and it could have continued to be in the same spot. I'm still torn on whether or not I want door tokens or not. Um, yeah, maybe maybe you could get some of those uh like the arrows that they have for Arkham Horror or the card game, you know, that connect the locations. The thing I was considering doing if I wanted to bling out the game more would be get if you've ever seen it, it's small piece of plastic where you slide the board into it to keep the board flat because sometimes mm-hmm. there's a little bit of bend on it. So I was thinking about essentially getting two of those and sticking them together with a little bit of a circle on top. So that would just be the two t- the two room tiles would slide into it from each direction and sort of be held there. And so it'd be a little bit on top, a little bit underneath. The tokens wouldn't get shuffled around or shifted because it would actually be held onto by the board mm-hmm. pieces. 
And you're, would hold you're basically putting a rim on each room or a wall in each room, literally. Yeah. So neat. I've considered making it, but it's not a thing I've made yet. <laughs> okay. You could get popsicle sticks standing them up between the rooms and glue them to an underneath board. <laughs> you could get super probably crafty not on this. Do that. Interesting. No, probably not, but you could get super crafty. Well, okay, so Julius, you tricked me. This sounds like a game you really like, and it's just great, and there really isn't an issue with it. <laughs> Actually, I do. Yes. I do really like the game. I think that it's a lot of fun playing through it. It's easier, I will say. There's, it is not a high complexity. So if you're looking for a higher weight level game, don't really look for this one. It is light deck building. It is relatively easy to pick up, relatively easy to play, I think. But I'm having a lot of fun playing through it. I'm enjoying the different scenarios. I'm enjoying the different factions. The different factions all play very differently, even though they all are buying from the same deck. There's different things that they excel on, and there's different things that they need help on. It's like if you're having a supporter faction, you really need some help killing things. If you have a faction that already kills things, well, then that's not your issue, and you want to you know, focus on resources or ability to get around the board fast. And when you're playing multiplayer, so those different things tie into different things, or multi-handed, as the case may be. Um, so those different things will tie in different ways. You'll be able to play off the different factions. Like if you're only playing two of the three types of groups, well, you'll know sort of the sort of stuff that they need help on because they're missing the other one. And so there's a lot of differences in play, and that creates a lot of interesting different scenarios of it. The game comes with a mini campaign type thing, which is more just the idea that you can play through all of the scenarios in, in an order that they provide. And that if you unlock, if you play through all the scenarios, you unlock bonuses. Uh, I'm not actually okay. keeping track of it or writing it. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, it's a recommended list of them, of list of how to do them. I could have done the one, two, three, four, five, but this seemed like fun. So I'm doing the scenarios in this order. I'm enjoying okay, playing through them. I'm enjoying playing through the different scenarios and going through it. And the game is really cute. The game looks really nice <laughs> on the table. I, I cannot emphasize enough how cute the game looks and yeah, how I agree. just adorable the cute creatures are, especially I really love the slimes. Whenever someone picks the slime, and you see the poor slime getting cut in half and sort of sad that now there's two of them. It's just the best. <laughs> it's joyful, yeah. Yeah, that is very funny. It, it does look nice. So you're, if you're playing multiple players, each person's controlling a certain number of factions then, I guess. Because Are each you playing with all nine in the faction. game? One faction. No, no. It, oh. it plays up to four, um, up to four players. I guess you could, like, I you'd have difficulty trying it to would, expand it out of yeah that. it would make the balance weird i'm sure yeah it's less that it makes the balance weird just more that you don't have enough time to set up for the heroes and you'll probably just be way behind but i guess you can reduce the difficulty and draw less cards per turn but yeah it would definitely it would also make for a lot of clutter um yeah. but yeah everyone plays one faction when you're playing solo like according to the rules or if you're playing solo you choose one faction and you go at it and it plays just that easy. I like playing huh. multi-handed because it's more fun for me to be able to bounce stuff off the different types, yep. but I've played quite a number of times single-handed and it plays 
just fine. Well, even. Hmm. Neat. Okay. That's that sounds really cool. How much was the game? How much does it go for? So it doesn't look like well, I don't got fancy components. It might be like sixty dollar game is my guess. I'm just guessing here. Let's There's only one way for me to find out, and that's to go look it up. Go buy another copy real quick. If you were to buy it on oh no. Well the Kickstarter bundle on Amazon is one twenty. That's an Amazon. Sheesh. With $30 shipping. That's probably just somebody reselling it at a profit, I'm guessing. It can't be that much, can it? Um, the game was, at one point in time, it was what? going for 60 bucks. Okay. And is, but is I don't see any price information for it at this time. Yeah. I'm just not seeing any any uh, in-stock information about where it is that you can get it. I'm confident that the... Ga- I, oh, Game Nerds it, might it's have It's actually apparently still available straight from the publisher. Okay. Yeah, and it is available from at least one online website, Game Nerds. So, yeah. There so, you, you could go. get it, but get it quick. Oh, and there's, there's a Cthulhu, too? Yes, there was a, a mini expansion that you could have gotten with the with either straight from the website or on the uh, Kickstarter, where there was a tenth faction, uh, the Cthulhu faction, and I haven't actually used it surprisingly, um, oh. but it plays definitely the other ones. I I like the. It's very easy for them to add a different one. Their next one is doing a similar type thing where if you back it they are going to be giving out a bonus faction of the rainbow unicorn. Um, <laughs> okay. So. Oh, Cthulhu. I would want Cthulhu. That's yeah, pretty it's, cool. Okay. It's $5 extra on their website. Hmm. Nice. Okay. Well, that's, that's a really cool game, Julius. And, uh, yeah, no, no other questions. Uh, thank you for sharing this one with us. It was my pleasure, Albert. I wonder if we'll be able to keep it out of your home. <laughs> maybe so all right listeners thank you for staying here with us if, if you did and if not i'm sorry you left i guess but you know until this is now, different no, for you albert yeah i know you, uh, you don't usually apologize if we keep the listeners out <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true i mean they're just uh pesky humans darn those pesky human listeners <laughs> All right, everybody. I'm going to stop talking before I get myself deeper in a hole there. Bye-bye. Have a good night, all. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-like license. Thanks for listening.